Right, so here we are, uh, under the radar, from Maple Street Studios. What a fine recording premises these are. Ash Ditter's with me. Uh, people will know you from the uh, the olden days uh, of the podcast. And, of course, we have a special guest. Now, rather than me introducing you, just if you could say who you are and maybe explain yourself in 800 words. <laughs> I'm Matt Ford. I'm a comedian. And we've met before. Yeah, it's but a pleasure to see you again. That's I, I, I didn't go anywhere near 800, did it? No. No, so, you know, you know who I am. Yeah, but I'm, we're recording this. <laughs> All right, okay. I'm a comedian. I'm about six foot tall. Um, I, I put on weight easily, but I lose it easily as well. So I'm going through a period where I'm trying to lose weight. So what do you put on weight from? Just eating, or yeah, I eat a lot. Yeah, and then you don't eat a lot. Well, no, then I exercise a lot because I've got such a huge appetite. Okay, so but it's not like a, a wrong. There's not something medically wrong with. Oh no 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 no! It's just a fun fact, isn't it? It's just that people go, oh, he's the I'm guy who puts fun. on weight a lot and, and drops weight a lot. So it depends when people see me. They might go, oh, he's actually looking quite fat. Or he's well, you're looking good. Do you think? Yeah, but oh, like, cheers, the thing is, I, I want to know if this is normal. <laughs> I when I wake up in the morning, I'm uh, fourteen stone, yeah. and at night time I'm fifteen. I mean, that's just the food you've eaten during well, the day. Yeah, you're eating a stone of food. This is what I mean. <laughs> and, then, and then in the morning, it goes during my sleep. You're like, you've lost weight. Uh, yeah, that's because I started smoking again. Oh, uh, that'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> Even though I'm still eating the same amount, but it obviously doesn't taste as nice, because it's all very yeah, smoky. It also moves through you a lot quicker when you're smoking. I think that's what it is. Um, and also later on with uh, Dr. Uh, Patrick Byron, who's a cosmetic surgeon. Have you had any work done, Matt? No, and no, I never would. Ever? Under what? Never. No, unless I was mangled in a car crash. Right. I would never have any cosmetic surgery done. So if you were if you were in a horrible situation like that and you had a phone, would you be ringing up the ambulance going, and they go, what's wrong? And you go, I'm mangled. <laughs> I think say, that would be there. They, they would be the, the arbiters of I, I don't the think mangling. they'd be going, there's a fellow mangled. <laughs> <laughs> I bet they would. Some of them have got absolute pit language. No, but just bringing his ass, but what's wrong with mangled? We've got a mangled <laughs> man here. We're going to have to unmangle this fella. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I know what you mean. The medical term for it. <laughs> I think that is the medical term. Have you ever been mangled, uh, Ash? I'm just thinking about how I can lose weight. <laughs> well, um, we'll we'll do a well. Maybe Doctor Bond. Well, yeah. Well, that'd be good. I, Cosmetic well, surgery doesn't. You put a lot on and you take it off again. I just put a lot on. I, well, I'll go through periods where I'll, I'll stop going to the gym and I'll just eat a lot, and then I think oh, I probably should lose weight now. So mm. then I'll start going to the gym again. But do you pay any attention to the like not eating carbs at night? No, 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 no. I drink. I eat a lot. Right. And I'll, all I'll do is I'll add uh, exercise into it and that'll drop the weight. And so often do you go to the gym? Well, the last two days have been twice in two days, but the. Two oh, hang on. What? Twice in two days? But the last two months haven't been at all. Right. So I've been since December, then I've just done two days. Well, you're always jet set. You, you just came back, from, uh, <laughs> you came back from Austria recently, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, how'd you well, know that? Well, I, I do my research when we have special guests. Oh, I'll on. probably mention it. So was that trying to start a right wing party? <laughs> no, I was working on that Channel 4 show, The Jump. What, were you one of the contestants? No, I was writing on it. Okay. Because you could do that. Yeah, I know, don't... Well, I was... I write for a guy called Alex Brooker. Right. on The Last Leg on Channel 4, and he was co-presenting it. Okay. So I went out there with him, and, um, yeah, it was uh, quite the experience. Yeah, but what what did you write go, uh, here, before you take a jump? <laughs> no, no. Just, you know, little bits and pieces. Like what? You had, like, little comedy bits to do, didn't you? I, I didn't watch it, but... They didn't give us enough work. I think that's a, a sort of fair thing to say. But so was, what, what was the line you were most proud of? Let's, let's <laughs> most of mine didn't get used. <laughs> so it was just a jolly, yeah? Well, it, I tell you, I was staying in... I've never been to Austria before, but it was amazing. Really nice. Well, what, sell it to us. 
Um, really big mountains, and you can go up in cable cars above the clouds. Did anyone get mangled on the cable cars? <laughs> I don't know. We got mangled a few times at night. The spear over there is really strong, really right. good. Isn't that, well, surely Fresh, we, we crisp, get the same alpine, beer. Alpine. I don't know, there's something about the way they brew it over there or the way it's kept, it feels very, very fresh. But they then, don't they, export it? Yeah, it must lose something with the air miles or something. It's, you know what it is, those unionised dockers, they yeah. just, uh, they're taking all the good stuff from the crates, like in the olden days. It, it tastes very nice out there, two big beers. Ooh. <laughs> 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 now that's the ad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was really good. And then I was having brunch with Amy Charles and Melinda Messenger, it was, um, it was wonderful. And did you get up and hanky panky? <laughs> hanky panky? No, because it's 2014. I just had a chat. Didn't oh, I? sorry. Was it what gang sex then? <laughs> no, no, no. Other lingo. Just a couple of frankfurters, right? And, um, you know, a few slices of fruit and just a chat. And so, but they wouldn't strike me as your kind of people, though, Amy Childs and whoever else you said. Well, in the messenger. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> well, um, who's sorry? Amy Childs? She's somewhat... She, well, the only yeah. way is Essex. Well, we none... Except you, nobody watches those programmes, Matt. Millions of people watch them. Uh, I can't be the only person watching them, can I? She's the one she has got a weird voice, hasn't she? A weird voice? Not a, like, sexy, kind of childish voice. She's got a woman's voice. Sexy, childish voice. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you know what I'm... That's like... <laughs> Do your sexy, childish voice. I, uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit like I'm a sucker for any of those pop songs that come out from fully grown women who sound like they're really young. Like who? Like every... Nearly every one of them. Katy Perry? Rihanna? Yeah, I really like Katy Perry. I liked her when she wore that modified West Ham kit. Ooh. But you see... <laughs> see, you good with the sound effects, Matt, isn't it? <laughs> now, see, people wouldn't know from your initial outburst yeah. uh, there that you're one of the few political comics uh, on the circuit. Because you're proper, uh, you properly care about politics. I do, yeah. I used to work in it, it was my first career, wasn't it? So yeah. I worked in politics first and then I started so, mucking about. And what was, what was your job? I was, what was called, I worked for various MPs and then I worked as a sort of what's known as a regional organiser for the Labour Party. So I'd get based in the East Midlands and was responsible for the, what we called key seats, which are the key marginals leading up to the last general election. And ensuring that we were contacting enough voters and, uh, you know, that the MPs there were campaigning regularly enough. And then I'd get sent out on by-elections. Are you saying you went door-to-door around the West Midlands? used to go uh, East Midlands predominantly, but then I'd get sent out to Wales and Scotland and places like that. So whenever there was a by-election, we'd be part of the team that would go there and set up the election and, you know, work on it. And did you, did you have many wins? Not towards the end, because it was quite difficult. So I was working just towards the end of the Blair era, into the Brown era. Oh, when Blair, I don't give me a start. <laughs> <laughs> Um, where it was a bit difficult, but I loved it. It's like being in the army. What? Well, you'd just wake up absolutely motivated, and you'd get sent around, and you'd have to sort of fight these battles, and then you'd, you know, you'd either win or you lose. But, like, were your parents big labour heads as well? Well, I grew up with my mum. She was a labour supporter, but she was never a member. Like, we never had a poster in the window or anything like that. It was a very sort of gentle affiliation. What kind of posters did you have in your window? I had, um, Stuart Pearce. (laughs) <laughs> as a kid and did he win that by-election <laughs> no he didn't unfortunately um he was the, he was my idol first like pierce and clough and all that sort of business but so and so what where did you get your interest in politics i can't explain it i remember the 1992 general election so i must have been nine at the time when that happened and i remember it vividly is that, is that the one that blair got in that was 97 so 92 was the one that everyone thought kinnett was going to win and he right. didn't i remember it vividly as a kid i remember really caring about it and i can't explain why and i think football gave me a sort of tribalism that are then sort of transplanted to politics. So you think politics is quite tribal, then? 
It certainly was more tribal, yeah. And maybe that was the end of the slightly more tribal era. It's become a lot more... Um, uh, conflated now, yeah, it has, yeah, yeah. But so that's the thing. Is it is it harder to be passionate now because you can see very little difference in the two main parties? Does that annoy you a little bit? It does a bit, but you know, you can tell what their principles are. You can tell really broadly. You know, you, you're in a position where parties, certainly the Tory party at the moment, realised that it had to win the last general election, so it had to change to a certain extent. So it wasn't going to go around cutting the NHS and business like that. You can argue about what they've done in office, but what they did uh, was to sort of you know calm the waters a little bit. This certainly wasn't the same Tory party of Thatcher that got elected in 2010. However, you do know, given the Tory party's where its heart lies, if it was given long enough in office, then it's, it would start cutting things, it would start privatising things. I drifted off, though. I was thinking about Amy Charles. You sod! You <laughs> sort of lure me in here to your den, you yeah. wind me up like some <laughs> council estate dog, and then when I start barking, you have a go at me. I'm not having a... No, because, actually, no, <laughs> I, I, I've rather selfishly thought of a question, and I wanted to answer that as quick as possible. OK, go on, then. Now, well, two questions. One is, who do you think will win the next election? Oh, Ed Miliband, probably. Do you think so? Sadly, yeah, I do, yeah. Because the other question I was going to ask is... It's going to be a coalition. If his brother had got the leader, they'd be a shoo-in, wouldn't they? I'm not sure. I think he'd be faring better, but I think they're both part of the same problem. I think Cameron Clegg and the two ads are part of a modern problem in politics, which is this sort of special advisor, political elite class that we've been lumbered with. Uh, of people who go to university, work for an MP, become a special advisor, become an MP, become a minister, become leader of their party. And they have very little contact with the real world. And the, both the Millibands are part of that problem, as is Clegg and Cameron. So you would like uh, politics to go back to the power of the people? Well, that's why I'm a Labour Party supporter, but, you know, who are the people? I think it's sometimes quite arrogant of the Labour Party to presume that the people are necessarily the working class, you know, the middle classes, and even the upper classes need representation as well. Um, my favourite politician in the last few years would have been Alan Johnson. I think he would have been a far better Labour leader, and a far better Prime Minister. He'd just retired, yeah? He's still an MP, I just don't think he fancied leadership. Well, and so, Ash, uh, well, you're well known for your Toryism. Uh, <laughs> you've been very quiet, so um, have you got any questions for... Uh, well, I was a Labour supporter for a bit. In fact, I didn't vote until 1997, that's the first time I voted. Oh, what a, what a great first one and, to vote uh, Yeah, I was 30, I think, at that point. <laughs> but, um, but I did, I voted then, and, it, and uh, I've never... I, I just think it was all very disappointing. I mean, I have oh. to say, I mean, I hated Thatcher when I grew up. Yeah. I was my job, it was everyone's job. Yeah. But, um, and I still do, actually. But I think that, I don't know, I think... Let it go, got, just I let think, it go, she's it's dead. Got a little bit, I think it's got a little bit... Although I did meet Blair, as you know. Yeah. And oh, he seduced me. You've met Blair... I've met Blair many times, yeah, he's yeah. a legend. Yeah. I, you're not so keen, though. I went in hating him. I did a sketch, and we did it in Downing Street. <gasps> and I went in that morning going, I hate this man. It was just when we went into Iraq. He's let me down, he's let everyone I know down, he's let Noel Gallagher down. It was awful. Very, very much let Noel Gallagher down. Oh, uh, Noel Gallagher as well. Did you met him? Never met him. Oh, by, the end, by the end of the day, I loved him. Because he did that thing. What sketch was thing. It was Catherine Tate show. Oh, that was amazing, yeah. the comic relief one. Yeah. That was one of the best sketches... That's ever been done on Comic Relief. I will leave you to it. <laughs> and he was great in it, though, wasn't he? He, he was, was fun taking genuinely I had, to, I had to coach him. I had to, yeah, it was quite surreal. He sat on the edge of his own desk while I was in his chair. Wow. And I had to, I had to teach him how to say I'm a bothered. And, but he was... There were two pictures on his desk. One of uh, Nelson Mandela. Um, he probably hid the Hitler one, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, that... that <laughs> Puss that in the drawer. <laughs> oh, one Nelson Mandela and one of uh, Catherine Tate. So it was quite interesting. I don't know whether it had been put there specially... I suspect it had. I imagine so. But, uh, but he did that brilliant thing where he name-checks you all day long, so you start to fall in love. 
He does it. What's your full name? He goes, so what's your name? You'll go, Sean. So he'll shake your hand and say, hi, Sean. And then every time he talks to you, you'll go, hey, so Sean, listen, so Sean, I was yeah. doing this thing, Sean. And Sean, I was doing this, Sean. And suddenly you're going, I think he's my friend. <laughs> I think <laughs> he actually likes me. So did that experience with him change your opinion of him then a bit? Did it? For about a day and a half, I loved him. He's and then I watched the news again. <laughs> oh, come on! <laughs> did, did, he, did he have the uh, Weapons of Mass Destruction portfolio <laughs> yeah. on the desk? But my favourite was, read it. My favorite was when we were setting up and there was all the crew in the room and uh, the door, he wasn't there yet, and the door opened and uh, this bloke, it was Gordon Brown, poked his head round and he said, um, what's going on? <laughs> and, went, and I happened to be quite near him and I said, oh, we're doing a sketch. <laughs> and he said, uh, all right. Would you like a cup of tea? Ah, <laughs> and we said no. We're You're fine, making Matt's day with these stories, yeah, you know. Right. And he left. But I thought, what a nice man. Oh, C- can I just chip in? And uh, I, I went for a coffee before the show, oh, yeah. and Jamie Cullen was in the cafe. The pianist. Well, I, yeah, he's more of a jazz singer, really, isn't he? Radio presenter. Um, he goes out with that uh, Sophie, Sophie Doll. Yeah. In fact, I believe he's got a pregnant. And I think he, is this exclusive? Did you? Did this, <laughs> Did Amy Charles tell you this? No, I think he's. I think I'm sure he got pregnant. Where, and I, t- where since did you hang then, out then? Which cafe was this? Just on uh, Tottenham Court. Why didn't you tell me? Was she there? I've always had a massive. He might have been waiting for her, but um, she's so. They've beautiful. got a pregnant section big, in the cafe. Big eyes, yeah, isn't she? So, but no. What what intrigued me <laughs> when when we were talking about that was yeah. who was the first famous person you ever met in London? Just walking the streets because mine Ooh. was mine was Jimmy Somerville. <laughs> And, That's interesting, because uh, mine was Marilyn. <laughs> no, but... It was. Marilyn that, Monroe? No, the singer. You don't remember Marilyn Manson? No. no. Marilyn. Marilyn. He was Boy, <laughs> George, <laughs> Boy George's friends. No. no. I've never heard of him. Well, yeah. I'm not, I'm, I mean, I'm it not doubting you at all. He was a bloke called Barry. Big, on the, big in the 80s, wasn't he? Well, he had Briefly. One, he, he had one hit. He used How to did just, it go? Just, I don't know. Like, oh, yeah. all, all the songs sounded the same then. <laughs> but no, I, I, I couldn't believe it. I'd just been in London for a couple of days and there was Jimmy Somerville. And I, I think I followed him for about an hour. Really? You know, like a like a detective. I wasn't, <laughs> you know, I'd wait the street and then I'd kind of see where he was going. We was just going into shops. Matt, surely you must have bumped into someone. I in London, I can't say that I have, you know. In Nottingham, I did. Forest players when I was growing up. Lars Bohinen and Steve Stone. That's probably Steve at the Stone. game, though, yeah? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Well, I used to go down to the game and get all the autographs, so I've got loads. Well, I, uh, sometimes when I tour, I ask, can I, I ask the local football team, can I come and have a look at Because I'm slightly obsessed by pitches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Forrest said, yeah, we'll give you the tour. And there was a London <gasps> guy who was in charge of marketing. Yeah. And, uh, and we're going through the... Ginger tra- guy. I can't remember. Um, but he, we're going through the whole thing, and he just turns to the guy and goes, Oh, Jim, where's, where's the uh, European Cup? The European Cup's usually there. And uh, and the guy just went, Sky, I've got it. <laughs> and apparently Sky borrow, because like, uh, they've got the real one, yeah. uh, and Sky borrow every time they're doing European games so they can have it in the background, and yeah. they charge them 60 quid a pop. Do you get a cup when I think, you win it? I think then you did, yeah. Now, this is a fascinating thing, because I'm obsessed with trophies. Right. I've touched the FA Cup and the Premier League trophy, the old First Division trophy, which is now the Championship trophy. Um, the uh, FA Cup, the current one, has only been in circulation since 1992. The original, well, the, 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 the second original, uh, was broken after 1991 uh, when Spurs won it, and that currently lies... Uh, in the are, we, are we in some sort of a quiz? Below Wembley. <laughs> uh, the... Um, 
The Premier League trophy, I believe, is still the original. How did you touch all these, by the way? Um, I w- they brought the FA Cup into TalkSport and was lucky enough to get my photo with it. I went on a tour of Old Trafford and touched the Premier League trophy. When Forrest won the league in 1998, I got to touch the old First Division trophy. But I think there's a rule where if you win it, is it three or five times you keep it? So the, I think yeah. the European Cup, either Barcelona... Uh, and then they just make another one, yeah. Oddly, the Aviva Premiership in rugby, which I don't follow at all, they make a new one every year. Well, it devalues the magic of the sort of metal, doesn't it? It is just metal, though. No, I know, but it's the idea that everyone else, that the cup itself is what you're history trying to win. A, history in a cup. Yeah. But see, because in Dublin, you know, we have Gaelic football, and uh, there's a cup called the San Maguire Cup. And, yeah. and, and so, basically, what, what they don't do over here, and what they did in Dublin was, throughout the year, they just bring the cup to various schools. <gasps> Kevin, Kevin Moran came to our school in Furhouse and went, there you go, lads. Wow! Are we allowed to touch it? Yeah, but you're obsessed by the touching. Kevin Moran, who became a Man United player. Yeah. So he was started off as a Gaelic footballer. Yeah, he was a brilliant Gaelic footballer for uh, Dublin. Actually, there's a couple of them that have no, done Quinn. that. No, Quinn. No. Yeah, he didn't play at football, but not at any particular level. We played for Arsenal. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we won't... Because uh, uh, Matt's Forest fan. Mm. Uh, and th- th- I like that because... Um, again, was that a family thing or was that your choice? It was a family thing, but I grew up in Nottingham, so... Yeah, but there was Notts County as well. Yeah, the, the general rule is that if you grew up in the city, it's Nottingham Forest. If you grew up in the county, it's Notts County. But I don't think that's really obeyed these days, but yeah, Forest. So, well, and certainly the era I was growing up in, so I, I was born in 82, so we just won the European Cup when I was born. I'll take that back about saying how good you look. I thought you were a bit... <laughs> You're not looking great for that now. So still, when I was growing up, there was still, you know, Brian Clough was still there, Stuart Pearce was there. Marilyn, quite a big Marilyn was in the chart. <laughs> Marilyn was in the chart. Yeah, you were too busy. But that's the other thing that really annoyed me because I played uh, Nottingham recently, and they've pretty much named a by road after Clough. Surely he deserves better than well, that. Well, it's symbolic because it's the A52 that joins Nottingham to Derby, and as he managed both clubs, it was a symbolic gesture to name the road that links the two after him. Yeah, but it is still a bit rubbish, though, isn't they it? They named a stand after him as well. They did that while he was living. They've got a statue to him in Nottingham. They've got a statue to him, in, I think, in Middlesbrough. They've got another one outside the Derby County ground. There's plenty of monuments to the great man. Yeah, I'm not doubting that, but that's what I'm saying. Well, what's in your problem? And not- Nottingham, they give him this terrible little sign well, no, on it. it, it, it Beside the joint, services. It was a joint decision between Nottingham and Derby. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's nice, and then you drive along, it's Brian Clough Way. It's a, well, yeah, if there was a big that's, uh, that's statue real... of him, like the Angel of the North, put a huge monument. <laughs> that'd be amazing, like Christ the Redeemer. <laughs> yeah, that'd be... Looking down <laughs> over the East Midlands. <laughs> but so... Oh, that's a great idea. Well, like, just the thing, so are you, are you ever going to get into politics, then? Uh, what, uh, elected... Yeah, or is I it... don't think I should be allowed anywhere near it. Are you too many skeletons? Too many skeletons, and I just think I'm only 31, I shouldn't be mucking about. You know, you should be 40 at least before you get into politics, I think. I don't like young politicians, I don't trust young people who are trying to get elected. You can't have the experience. If I was on a ship, I'd want a good old captain, <coughs> probably in his 60s, to be steering it. I wouldn't want them to say, oh, this is the 20-year-old who's going to be taking you across Aren't the Atlantic. they 20-year-olds? Yeah, and that Italian No, was they'd be taking too many risks, they'd be trying to get laid. That, that Italian guy on that ship, he was 60, so that doesn't really bode well. Oh, Pochettino? Yeah. You're the one oh, who... Scatinio, was it? What's his he... name? On the Costa Concordia? Yeah. I wouldn't... It wasn't Pochettino, it was Scatinio, wasn't it? I've no idea. It I was. Just to... The friend you... who got in the boat and went, nothing to do with me. That one. Yeah, but he also... <laughs> Legged it, he was the... hammered, wasn't he? Yeah, but the reason that happened as well is he was showing off <laughs> he to his was. mates. He said, let's too wave to the, the island. That that, was, they, is that true? Yeah, they yeah. weren't even on course. <laughs> they weren't even meant to get that close cause they, because of the the reef, and he got really close. I think on that island they don't see lights much, and he says, well, we'll give him a bit of a flash of our lights, and all of a sudden, what was that? I think, I think you've hit some of the island. <laughs> he says, I'm out of here. Oh, 
dear. Yeah, so I'd rather have experienced people mucking around and I'm not experienced. Well, so, but, so you might think about doing it later on. Yeah. Fifth, in my 50s? What else am I going to be doing in my 50s? Well, obviously... Well, podcast, we are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know this is a long one. And I mean, you're, you're good for your 50s. I'm going to be shattered by the time I'm... I'm not in the 50s. <laughs> 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 the fella. Um... But so, so number comedy. So where, where was the where was the breakthrough from, like getting people unelected to doing comedy? Uh, I just I would use my annual leave to go to Edinburgh, and I just thought, oh, this is so much more enjoyable. And I do a bit of stand up gigs on the side, and it, it, I was I was then working for the elected mayor of Stoke on Trent as his political advisor, and that was absolute mayhem. And I just thought, this is I shouldn't be this stressed in my twenties. And all my other mates had normal jobs and they would get pissed all the time. And I was just working all the hours God sent and was really, really stressed out. And I was like 25 and I just thought, I can't. So you were like to this. move to really horrible places as well? I always ended up, yeah. I was like Northampton, Stoke, Lincoln, um, Corby. Places that were really, yeah, I worked in very challenging places. And what would you, like, how long would you be there for? <sighs> Stoke, I was there for a year and a half. But I used to commute from Nottingham. I got an oh, ill, I mean, I would right. get awful Did you go by the... Brian Cloughway. Uh, some of it would be done by Brian Cloughway. That's yeah. good news. But um, cause I really admire you doing that, because that must have been... Like, on a day-to-day, you were just quite literally just doing everything in your power to get people elected and stuff. Yeah, I mean, that second job with the, with the elector mayor of Stoke was totally different. I was sort of like his right-hand man and was having to... That was quite... I enjoyed that, because I had to sort of be across all sorts of areas of policy and understand what the council was doing on all sorts of various things and trying to effectively politicise the delivery of things. So making people understand that if that's happening in your area, that's because you elected a Labour mayor and you should re-elect right. him next time, which is vital. You know, it's important that people understand what elections do and if you vote for that guy, that's what happens in your local area. But that, that is far easier but said than But do you miss done. all that now, though? A little bit, but I, I, I like getting up at ten in the morning and, and, you know, sometimes having a day off and stuff like that. Well, yeah, I'm you, doing stuff like this! And did you, well, no, I, but it is, it's just sometimes when I meet comics who... Uh, I'm, like, really good comics, but they, then they tell me they did something, like, more worthy before that. And I always feel <laughs> it seems a bit of a shame, though. Comedy's good fun, isn't it? But, so, but yeah, you're, you're already giving up before you're 50. <laughs> so it's just a little hobby for you, oh, it's it? just It's more enjoyable, isn't it? You get to do weird and wonderful things and go to different places. And there's a sense of personal fulfilment, isn't there, that I think you probably don't get you in other areas. talking about Austria again? <laughs> No! You feel like you're sort of striking out on your own, don't you? A bit of independence. So it's like getting your first car. What's your... Um, I'm, I'm, I haven't got one yet. Uh, what's, your, what's your show in Edinburgh about this year, then? It'll be an hour of, you know, politics and impressions and stuff like that. But when you say that, that's not really selling. What, what will the show well, be Well, it'd be the... Well, I, I want to do something about... It'll be the last Edinburgh Festival before the election, so it'll be something about the, the sort of run-up to the election. And will you be d- talking about uh, Scottish nationalism? There'll be a bit of that in there, yeah. But I did it, I mean, obviously it'll be different this year because the referendum is this year in September. So I'll have a section on that. But I did it a couple of years ago and no one was really that bothered. <laughs> Even the Scottish people weren't. It's, it's intensified a bit now. But well, do you feel that maybe the material wasn't great then? No, the material was good. I swear to well, God I'm, it was. I'm not it made go, me laugh. Like, your, One of your, my mates said it was all right. You so. pretty much <laughs> just said you did a load of stuff and people were going, I'm not really bothered. <laughs> no, no, that was the issue. Who were, people Matt, how, how long are you doing this before? Because we're off for it. <laughs> we're going to go out and get a curry. You git. When, when are you back to the... We're going to get a curry. <laughs> oh, that's really put me in the mood for one there. <laughs> You're very easily led. Lamb madras, uh, plain rice, garlic naan and maybe like a chicken tikka star. Right straight down the gym. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right, mate. Do you know him? They I should mean... have curry shops at gyms. That's a great idea. For um, for after. You or get... before. 
My mate, do you know Danny Buckler, the comedian? Yeah. Do you ever, do you ever come across Danny? I know he is, yeah. He's a legend. He, I, used to, I lived with him for a while, and he used, he gets the worst heartburn of anyone I've ever known. And our rooms used to be next to each other, and I could hear him sometimes through the walls at like half three, four in the morning, just going, oh. <laughs> but is this, oh, because are you sure he's not masturbating? Because what he Because <laughs> what he'd do is, we got a treadmill that we're all using to try and like, lose weight as a house. He would drink this coffee that was called the Terminator, right? <laughs> a neon warning sign on the side. He would have like a massive mug of that. You know those big Sports Direct mugs yeah. that you look at? He'd have one of them and then go straight on the treadmill. <laughs> and like a massive Breaking pint records. Of, massive pint of the Terminator. And then go on the treadmill. And then wonder why he had heartburn all day. But the heartburn was from Curry's. My heart, what, his heartburn or my heart? His. No, his was from the Terminator. <laughs> because I, uh, I once made a meal for Ash. Uh, it, was, it was one of these weird, uh, where you get, um, Sri Lankan spices. So it's just Ooh. a bunch of spices and then you make the food. Like, so, and I, I made one for Ash. And, oh, what, like an old El Paso fajita kit? Yeah, that kind of thing. And, um, and we, it, like it was extraordinary. It was. It's probably the most fun I've ever had in my life. It was, it was very scary. We <laughs> were. Was, we couldn't. We started giggling. It was so hot. Really? Yeah. We started giggling. We we laughed for fifty minutes where we couldn't stop uh, <laughs> it was laughing. Unbelievable. And I have ever since had heartburn. <laughs> it's true. I have to now have Rennies regularly. <laughs> Rennies don't work. Do it's like that. The psychologically, they work. I, I sometimes get them as sweets. That's bad. Aren't they laxative if you have too many? Well, I I told you my problems with the weight. I I need to be having more laxatives. Because I remember the doctor told me, uh, I I was saying, like, I'm I'm not that regular. And he says, peppermint tea. And now I have about eight cups of peppermint tea a day and nothing's changed. But because he said that, I'm sticking with it. Grapes, bananas, cigarettes and coffee. And it will That's an Oasis track, isn't it? (laughs) That's an album. (laughs) It will shoot out. But so... um, so, so this year, what's the name of your show? So we can I don't know yet. I don't know. All right, so we, should we make it up now? Then it's about. So, what, politi- what impressions? Um, a bit of William Hague, a few others, maybe a bit of Nigel Farage. Um, I'm, I want to get, I want to get a Boris Johnson impression now. You do know. Nigel Havers? No. <laughs> Nigel Havers? Do Nigel Havers? <laughs> no. I, I, hi, I'm Nigel Havers. Yeah, my, my, my girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, I don't even well. know what he sounds like. <laughs> You can't have a going and do an impression of someone I don't know what well, he sounds who, like. Who's your best impression? No, then? I'm not getting drawn into this now. Oh, come you're on. Just gonna, this I'm not. This is an absolute... I won't say a word. This is a bull trap. I, w- I, won't, I won't be judgmental about it, but who's your who's your best impression? Well, do it and then see if we know who it is. This is... No. You'll have to come and see the show. I don't who's, trust your motives that? one bit. I'm not getting that at all. Who's that? <laughs> no. You have to come see the show. It's like so, is, that, is that Prince? <laughs> No. No, go on, Matt. You look at that right, twinkle I'm, in your eye. William Hague, I bet you do a brilliant William Yeah, Hague. I heard you did great William Hague. Go on. Uh, right, hold on. Right. <clears throat> now, because... Oh, no, you're a pair. Come on. Will the Prime Minister recognise that he has lied and lied again to the people of this country? I like that it. It's good. a brilliant impression. Yeah. Except for his voice, does his voice kind of just disappear in between? That's exactly what he does. That's exactly what he does, You should open with that. Cheers, mate. Lose the Scottish stuff. So, right, now we've sold it, so you'll be doing... So, what, is it a bit like Mike Yarwood? More Rory Bremner. Right. Yeah, he'll have a go if he knows you're stamping on his ground. No, he won't. He's fine. I met him last year. Right, and did you you do impressions together? (laughs) 
Oh, he took, he, he did actually. He did a few. T- his Robin Cook was amazing. Yeah, but so is yours. You're known for that. Go on, do it. I can't do Robin Cook. You're just oh, you're such a tease. <laughs> All right, but look, we're gonna. I'm gonna finish because I think people's journeys are over. I want to oh. speak to the. Well, we, we have just time to talk to the doctor. But before that, has your love for Tony Blair like? Has that intensified, or are you not as keen anymore? Oh, I still think he's. I still think he's the best prime minister we've ever had. Absolutely, yeah. Because you've always had to defend him, even though the you know pe- people do call him a, a warmonger. They but do, yeah. you totally always disagree. Well, but just obviously in a, in a quick way. Okay. Um, well, people. Firstly, the war for oil argument. Kosovo and Sierra Leone were two humanitarian wars that you thought you know no war, uh, no oil there. They were genuine humanitarian causes, and I think the the wars in Afghanistan and Iraq have to be seen in a similar context. If you look at Resolution fourteen forty one, this idea he's gone into a character, hasn't he? But it? just very quickly, this idea that America and Britain cooked up the intelligence deliberately to uh, you know mislead the world. Uh, a lot of the intelligence was French, and Resolution fourteen forty one, which was voted through unanimously at the UN Security Council said that we think he has weapons of mass destruction we think he may well develop them further that was voted on unanimously in the Security Council by countries like Germany and France that then opposed the war in terms of the intelligence, the international community genuinely believed it to be true whether it was then a basis for war is a different uh, matter they actually re-triggered, I think it was Resolution, uh, I can't remember it, I think it's like 768, which would have allowed any breach of further resolutions would have been an automatic trigger for war. Anyway. And if you want to hear more stuff like that, Matt will be doing a show in Edinburgh. No, because it's not all going to be like, it's not heavy stuff that I do, it's sort of just like impressions and a bit of politics and it's sort of light-hearted stuff. It's, I'm not going into this sort of thing. What if someone heckles and goes, I don't like Blair, you'll be straight into that monologue. I would just say, <laughs> let's have a pint afterwards, and I, as I did with a girl in Edinburgh this year. I said, well, let's well, go ha- for a beer afterwards, and she was against the Iraq war, and I ended up convincing her mate and she to have sex with her i wish well you you convinced her mate you didn't convince her well a mate sort of came along i was like right let's have a pint and talk about it and then uh, a mate was like i think he's right melinda messenger agreed with me i had the same conversation well, with her the go. other day in austria yeah uh, did she she's even... now pro-war <laughs> <laughs> yeah if there's a if there's a kind of reality show in it for her <laughs> Um, but anyway, we've got, uh, thank you so much, Dr. Uh, Patrick Bryant here. It, cosmetic surgery. Now, it's becoming more and more popular, so thanks for coming in, Doctor. Um, how, like, is it mainly young girls getting it done now? Oh, a huge range of people, huge range. Old, young, fat, thin. Oh, well, well, thank you so much for coming in. So that's uh, Under the Radar. Uh, thanks to Ash Jitter and uh, Matt Ford. And, of course, uh, Dr. Patrick Bryant, thank you so much for your time. See you next week.